pediatric dentistry, pediatric dentistry, uh, where kids are not literal adults, where weight matters, anatomy matters, and you can't use the N-word. That's right, the N-word, needle. Stay tuned as we talk to a pediatric dentistry uh, board certified uh, pediatric dentist and faculty member about getting into pedo residency, what the ideal candidate is, and some tips. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Dr. Darwin, a new dentist coach, with another episode of Ask Dr. Darwin on the New Dentist Podcast Show, where we talk about getting into dental school, getting into residency, and life as a new dentist. Guys, be sure if you're enjoying this content, please down below, subscribe, like, and please share. Share to your colleagues and others that you know that you think the, episode, uh, the actual episode would be helpful for. Also, this episode is being brought to you by Dr. Darwin On Demand, but actually it's really being brought to you by GetIntoDentalResidency.com. GetIntoDentalResidency.com, which is the ultimate place to get one-on-one -on -one help with your application so that you can get into residency, not now, but right now. For more details, go down below, right down here, getintodentalresidency.com. So today we're joined with a colleague of mine who's been uh, in this game called pediatric dentistry for a long time. Today we're joined with Dr. Raquel Johnson, who's gonna uh, give us some tips and some more information about how to get into into dental residency as a pediatric dentist. Dr. Johnson, how are you doing? Good morning, Dr. Hayes. How are you? Thank I'm you good. so much for having me. No, thanks so much for being a, a, a great resource uh, to those dentists and dental students that are looking to become a board certified pediatric dentist like yourself. So before we get started, please introduce yourself. Tell, uh, tell a little bit about yourself uh, for those that are meeting you for the first time. Hi everybody, so my name is Dr. Raquel Johnson and I'm originally from New York City. I attended dental school at the University of Pennsylvania School of Dental Medicine in Philadelphia. And um, after that, I attended a GPR residency at Bronx Lebanon Hospital, which um, I believe the new name is now Bronx Care. And I attended a GPR residency um, for not one, but two years one of the best experiences of my life. And after that, I then attended my pediatric dental res residency training at the University of Connecticut. Also a really, really good experience. And um, just a great time during my residency. I loved it so much. I could not see myself doing anything other than pediatric dentistry. One of the best decisions of my life, considering when I went to dental school, a lot of emphasis was being placed on implants and implantology. And so to um, go to pediatric dental residency, ultimately, um, I am just really um, happy with my, my decision to do that. So subsequent to doing my um, pediatric dentistry residency training, I had the honor and the privilege to be asked by Dr. Paul Gates to come back to Bronx Lebanon, now Bronx Care, to help them initiate their pediatric dentistry residency program. So I was one of the um, first faculty, the first inaugural class of pediatric dentistry residents at Bronx Care. So I am grateful for that opportunity to have, um, actually that what has really started my um, journey into dental academia. 
However, um, I got the bug. And so I was very much interested, interested in private practice. And so I was there for a year and then I entered into um, private practice. I was working for several pediatric dentists in Southern New Jersey and um, learning the business, learning how patients were scheduled, learning about dental insurance, learning how to staff your office. Um, and I did that for approximately three years. Um, I will say this, I stacked my cash, so save money. And that afforded me the opportunity to then open up my own brand new practice from scratch. Um, a daunting task, I was even asked by the architects and the company who built out my office, whether I even want a light switch, everything. So I was, I was involved in every aspect of planning my practice, my fourth chair practice. And I was in private practice in my own office, solo practitioner for from 2005 to 2019. And it was during that time that I actually got the bug again to really enter dental academia. And so during the course of being in private practice, I did pursue an MBA um, and I was fortunate enough to enter into a program at Rutgers University Dental School, um, which was previously university um, I apologize, New Jersey University, and I get it all, I apologize, I, and all those who are graduates of UMDNJ, I apologize, um, UMDNJ, now Rutgers Dental School, and so I had the privilege of entering into a two-year training program, it was um, a five-year grant that several dental schools received, and I was the last cohort at Rutgers Dental School to teach practitioners how to enter into academia, dental academia. Because as a private practitioner, you are very good at what you do running a business. However, teaching dental students is a whole new ball game. So it was a two year training program, one day a week. The first year was focused on teaching us how to teach. And the second year was actually teaching dental students. And I was very fortunate to do that at the satellite clinics of Rutgers at um, Northfields and Somerdale in New Jersey. So I decided with that background that I wanted to pursue dental academia full-time. And so I left private practice and I entered into a faculty um, attending position. I was a dental faculty, dental attending at Nemours AI DuPont Hospital for Children in Delaware. And I was there for a year and I joined the exact same day as the inaugural class of dental residents. So Delaware did not have a pediatric dental residency training program. So I joined the same day as the dental residents. And so I was there faculty attending a brand new program and had the um, honor of actually being employed there and it was a really good experience and learned a lot. Um, went to the OR teaching the residents um, how to manage children under general anesthesia in the OR. There was a lot of dental trauma. So the residents were on call 24 seven, 365. There were times where I supervised the residents on call. There were times where the residents, um, given that there were only two residents, it was a very, um, 
a very, um, I'm going to say a difficult program. It's a really good program, but having two residents, it required the faculty to also be on call. And so I experienced dental trauma on call and managed patients as well. And that, so that that brings me to yes, get ready. Say it brings you to where you're doing now in academia as well. So currently, I am an assistant professor at the Meharry Medical College School of Dentistry, and I am also the postgraduate residency pediatric dental residency program director. And so we are in the process of starting a postgraduate pediatric dental residency at Meharry as we speak it is in the process of being started that's awesome that awesome that's so awesome just to hear your story and your journey and I know we've talked a lot in these last 20 plus years uh, regarding uh, pedo and private practice and academia uh, but uh, so that's great so we want to learn a little bit more about um, you know what it takes to be a pedo resident um, what the ideal candidate is and some tips. But before we go there, I wanna kind of frame the discussion based on your experiences with PEDO and why you chose PEDO. So that's the question, why, why PEDO for you? So I always knew that I wanted to be a pediatric dentist in dental school. However, that said, I wanted to get a really good foundation in all aspects of dentistry. And that is why I chose a GPR at Bronx Care. So for me, it's important, it was important to have that comprehensive understanding of the hard and soft tissues of a person's mouth. And so I received that training at Bronx Care that it, for me, it is invaluable training when I was in my own private practice. For instance, I extracted permanent teeth because I had lots of experience in my GPR. So what I recommend as a candidate is, and this is something that I experienced, you must, you must, you must, I can't overemphasize it, proofread your application. In the process of applying for Peter residencies, I made the inadvertent error of, in my cover letter, I had the correct name of the program director, but I inadvertently put the incorrect name of the school. And I did that on three applications. And it was, I recognized the error and it was something that I, I mulled over and I decided, Raquel, you must make the call. You must make the right decision, call up the schools and apologize for the error. And so with those three schools in mind, and I didn't want to make those calls. I thought, well, they must realize that it was an inadvertent error. And in fact, it was important that I did that because with the University of Connecticut, I had, as I mentioned, the name Dr. Matthew um, in the cover letter, but I had the incorrect name of the school and I called him and apologized. And it was actually the best decision that I made because he later told me that my application went from the bottom to the top. And because he explained to me on paper, everyone looks the same, really good grades. Um, your personal statement explains why you wanna become a pediatric dentist, all the things that you've done. And so he said to me, that it separated me from other candidates and that I'm the type of person, if I make a mistake, that I'm gonna own up to it. So, 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 wanna... it so it sounds like one of the things that candidates have to keep in mind uh, as, as it relates to uh, what makes them an ideal candidate for pediatric residency is taking that responsibility when you inadvertently, uh, unintentionally mess up on something, right? 
uh, and making, making, and feeling uh, empowered to make those hard calls on the telephone, making the decision to follow up on your application. But the takeaway is ideal candidate wise, someone who is taking responsibility uh, for their actions and not blaming it on somebody else or something else uh, as well. What, what are some other uh, things yes. that make an ideal candidate? So one of the recommendations I have is if you are seeking to do a hospital-based program, that it may be in your best interest to do a GPR. And so to go straight from dental school, um, they wanna see that you have some experience being on call, working with other professionals in a hospital setting, because when you're on call, you will be tasked with communicating effectively with nurses, communicating effectively with physicians assistants, communicating effectively with other residents, and communicating effectively with, with faculty of all disciplines. And so my doing a GPR and actually increase my confidence ability to communicate effectively and working with others. So other tips that I recommend is not only again, proofread your application, um, consider doing a GPR as, um, or an AGD is fine. But again, if you're seeking a pediatric dental residency in a, in a, in a hospital-based program, consider doing a GPR. Also make sure that you have really strong letters of recommendation. Be sure that those that you ask to write you a letter of recommendation, that it's someone who will communicate on your behalf why you are a really good candidate for residency. Um, also make sure that you have experience working with children. I hear all the time from several students, well, I don't like removable cross or I don't like dentures, so that's why I wanna be a pediatric dentist. Well, that's really not one of the reasons why you go into something. Right. Really understand that as a pediatric dentist, you are working with children who can be challenging. You're working, we are the specialty that um, treats and manages patients with special healthcare needs. So you wanna be well-versed in working with children, children who may come from all types of backgrounds, multiple experiences, and you wanna treat those children as if that child were your own child. You're also gonna be working with the parents. So again, understand that pediatric dentistry is very fun, but you're working with um, children and parents. So, so children and parents, being able to interact with them, having those experiences are good things for candidates to kind of have as part of their, uh, their application. What, with you being, um, having the experience of being at three separate, uh, well, two separate programs in a future program that's under development right now, um, you have, have had some experience dealing with residents uh, and also uh, residents that were already selected for the program and also residents that are potential residents or individuals that were going to be potential residents as well. Tell us a little bit more about what you as faculty and also as a program director are looking for related to those candidates that are coming that are applying to, uh, to, to programs, to PEDO programs? Yes, so in terms of being a faculty member and having um, the opportunity to review applications for potential residents. So we look for, given that pediatric dentistry is very competitive. 
So we want to know that someone has the capacity and the ability to do really well in, in dental school and residency. So someone whose GPA is really high, especially again, if you're going to go straight from dental school into residency, because we want to ensure that you can meet the demands of the pediatric dentistry residency curriculum and be able to pass the boards. So your GPA is important. Experiences working with children, whether you've done that with say community involvement, I highly, highly recommend that you participate in activities in the pediatric dentistry department of your dental school. And so if you have the opportunity to attend um, the clinic more than say what your requirements are. And if there is a residency program at your dental school, work with or partner with a, a current resident and observe how they um, treat patients, work with the faculty in the department. Because again, you wanna show um, that your interest is there and that it's genuine. And so you're trying to understand and see how um, patients are treated. Also, if you have the opportunity to work with a pediatric dentist in private practice, you get to see how an office is run. So make sure that you um, expose yourself to these opportunities and these experiences prior to uh, while you're applying or prior to applying. That way, you know that it's something that you're really, really interested in and that your heart is in it. Yeah, and, and you make a good point about grades, especially for those candidates that are applying right out of dental school, because many may not have that experience or a, a lot of experience dealing with children, uh, some of which you're, you're going to get in residency, but also some programs uh, anticipate that you've had a little bit more experience outside of dental school, uh, especially if your school has a pedo program, because that means all those children and families and that population is going to the postgrads or going to the residents anyway. So you as a D3 and a D4 may not have uh, those types of, uh, that type of population in your treatment plan family, I, I, I call it. So those grades are good, um, a great indicator to kind of help program directors in making those decisions. But I will tell you, I know those people that are listening right now that are like, well, uh, I don't have good grades. Uh, I wasn't top 10 in my class, um, you know, outside of taking the ADAT, you know, is there anything else that I can do? And it, and it sounds like possibly considering doing a residency, uh, an AGD or GPR residency where you can kind of hone in some skills um, and also get some experiences will kind of help your candidacy when it comes yes. to your to your application. And anything else you guys are looking for, program directors are looking for and candidates? Well, again, just candidates with experience does help if you've done a fellowship. So places like Ohio State, dental school there, have fellowship programs. There's a fellowship program in the Bronx at Rose Kennedy. Things like that that can give you experience with children, experience with the patient population that has special needs. Also, we consider applicants highly that have other degrees, such as a master's in public health or um, any other um, postgraduate degrees. So those things really do enhance and accentuate your application. But again, if you are the person that has done well and know that you want to be a pediatric dentist, 
absolutely apply. But again, keep in mind, make sure that you proofread your personal statement. We just frown upon there being errors and things like that. Make sure that your CV, your, your resume, again, is error-free. Take the time to proofread and make sure that it is really top-notch because again, um, we are human and we make mistakes. And if you do make a mistake, make a mistake, you want to um, identify and atone for it. But again, if you can minimize any errors and things like that, um, because it, it kind of is a red flag that you may have a lack um, for attention to detail. And yeah. so keep in mind that those things are very important. And that attention to detail trans translates to um, possibly giving the wrong type of medication, the wrong dose, dosage. <laughs> uh, Correct. Or that your, your treatment notes. Yes, your treatment um, notes. Because you want to, again, we can get really busy or you may be on call and it's late and you're doing a treatment note. And if you have the opportunity to type in that note because you don't want to leave any details out, but then just keep it on the side. And then when you come in the next day, when you are refreshed and, and things like that, review that note and then sign off on it. Because again, documentation is key. And so your personal statement and your CV is like your documentation for your treatment note. Right. And so when we see errors or when I see errors in, and how you present yourself, right. it just gives me pause to, to consider, well, is this person going to be exacting in their treatment notes? Is this right. person going to be exacting in communication right. with, say, another specialist in terms of managing a patient with special needs? Right, right. So good segue for uh, us as it relates to candidates, but also tips for the applicants. So you just hit upon a very important tip as it relates to your application, uh, making sure that it's tight and right, uh, making sure you are, are also getting, I know, I think you mentioned getting, of, of course, great letters of recommendation. You want people that are, will uh, un unequivocally and not um, wave against being able to write you a superb recommendation. Yes. That's all you want. You want to identify who those superb individuals are that can write uh, 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 on your behalf with a, a very strong, strong recommendation. Um, so as we're talking about tips, what, what other things should candidates and applicants be, uh, be mindful of when they're applying for pediatric dentistry residency? Make sure that you are aware of deadlines, in particular places that you'd like to really uh, match with because the deadlines have, I believe they have um, moved up. And so again, just in particular schools and hospital programs or combination programs that you may wanna to apply to. And so when I say combination programs, I um, attended what is a very academic program at the University of Connecticut, but it was also a very hospital-based program. And so you can have a combination or hybrid program. So consider the types of programs that you would like to apply to, know what those program, programs are, research the programs. It is your experience. And so you have to figure out what type of experience you like for your training. Do you want a program that does a lot of OR cases? Do you want to attend a program that um, gives lots of experience in sedation? 
do you want a very academic program where you may um, have the opportunity to also receive a master's degree? So again, research the type of programs, reach out to current uh, residents who are there, also reach out to people who've graduated from the program. You can do that as well, who can speak to the experience. And so again, I am partial. I went to what I think is one of the best programs in the country. I am forever grateful to my program director. It was such that I didn't wanna leave my program. I think that's the experience that you wanna have, that the program gives you so much. I did a lot of OR cases. I did a lot of sedation during my residency. I enjoyed my anesthesia res uh, rotation for four weeks. I enjoyed um, the pediatric medicine rotation. We also had a very strong craniofacial team where I worked with the other members on the craniofacial team, the plastic surgeon, the geneticist, the orthodontist, the speech pathologist. I mean, that was such a wonderful experience. So re I highly recommend that you research the program to understand what exactly the program is strong for. And a program could be strong in many different areas. I know currently now, the training that residents receive for patients with say craniofacial anomalies and disorders um, is called a NAM appliance, a nasal alveolar molding appliance. Well, when I was a resident, we trained um, with using operators. So again, it's all in what you like to learn all in what you want out of your program. So I say highly research the type of program you're interested in. Talk to current residents, talk to people who graduated from the program. Yeah, and I, and I think that goes a long way with researching. Um, you also probably need to research some of the current, current research in the specialty and some of the current events that are going on, like you mentioned. Uh, the terminology or the different types of appliances that are being used now, all of which will help you uh, not only in your personal statement, but also when you get to your interview, which is my next question related to tips, interviews, people get the interview, they're excited, but they're also scared, scared and fearful, almost like saying the, the N word, right? The dental N word, which is needle. Right. Uh, people get scared like that. So what, what are some specific tips, if you had two or three things that you would tell people, tell applicants as relates to that interview day? Because usually it's two days, you know, you meet with program director, faculty, you meet with residents, both formally and, and informally, if you know, if you have like a little social before or after the residency day. So specific tips as relates to interviews. So what I recommend is prior, so when you get that invitation for an interview, I highly recommend that you ask someone to interview you. So for instance, at Meharry, we have assisted our um, students who are interested in pediatric dentistry residency to do mock interviews. So see if where you're currently at dental school, if they offer mock interviews. If not, ask a trusted advisor such as a faculty member to give you a mock interview to, if this person's in dentistry, it helps because they may know what questions to ask. But for example, when I interview um, students and, and potential applicants, 
I ask questions that don't necessarily have to do with dentistry. And right, so if right. you can find a trusted advisor who can offer you a mock interview, that's the way to go. That way that may take away some of the jitters and help you in preparing for your actual interview. Yeah, mock interview, also, anything. Oh yeah, go ahead. Also make sure that if you're traveling out of state that you arrive in time, that you know that you can get settled in where you're gonna go and, and not sort of be rushed. I don't know the status of the way things are now in terms of we are still in the throes of a pandemic. There may be virtual interviews um, that can work in many different ways. Um, it may be more difficult to, and I don't like to work, use the word sell yourself with expression, but um, you, will, you will need to shine via a virtual interview. So practice, um, again, a trusted advisor, setting up a Zoom and just practicing a Zoom interview. Yeah, yeah, th and and those are key. For in-person, I apologize, Dr. Hayes, whether you're prepared for in-person or virtual. Go yeah, ahead, that's, no, I was just gonna say, no, that's, that's key. You've gotta, you gotta prepare um, because uh, you do your application so that you can get to the next step. The next step is being invited for an interview. And I think sometimes people will gloss over preparation for the interview. And if you guys have questions or need some help getting prepared for that next phase, uh, of this process for your applications for residency when you get ready to get get ready to receive interviews uh, put some comments down below if if you are, are getting ready to get to that stage or want to get help with that uh, we have some one-on-one -on -one tools that we use uh, and and help uh, candidates get prepared uh, thoroughly for their interview process for the interview day as far as typical questions uh, what questions you should be asking uh, Dr. Johnson and the rest of the faculty members and the dental uh, residents as well. Uh, and then also how to kind of close out your interview so that your name always stays on top when the faculty are going through their selection process for, for match. So if you want some help with that, shoot me an email at newdentistcoach at gmail.com. Um, so we'll get ready to wrap up, Dr. Johnson. This is some great tips. What's the best way for people to get in contact with you if they have some more questions uh, about your experiences and, and you know what, what faculty members like yourself and program directors like yourself are looking for? What's the best way for people to get in contact with you? I would say the best way to get in contact with, with me is via email. And I'll be more than happy to um, give my email. Would you like me to give that now? Yeah, that's fine. Dr. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so the best way to reach me is my email. It's r johnson 7107 at gmail.com i will repeat that it's r j o h n s o n 7107 at gmail.com i will be more than happy and i would feel it is a privilege to help anyone on their journey to pediatric dentistry we as pediatric dentists they're just on enough of us so many children end up going to general dentist offices and we need to work with our general dentist colleagues. We must work with our pediatric medicine colleagues, our endodontics colleagues. I don't do root canals on permanent teeth. However, I see children who have large extensive caries on their first permanent molars. Yeah. So we, we must work together to take care of all children, take care of as many children as we can. 
And so I will be more than happy to help anyone on their journey to pediatric dentistry. Well, there you go, guys. Hopefully you guys got a great overview on how to get into pedo residency. And we've just revealed it. Pedo residency revealed right here. Thanks so much for your time. We're about to roll out. This is Dr. Darwin. Love, peace, and smiles. We'll see you on the next video. Oh, check out these next videos right here. Check them out. Check them out. Bye. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Hey, hope you guys liked that episode. There's more, more to listen to and more to learn from. Make sure you subscribe and tune in at the next, next episode. Peace.